So Money episode 1127, Ra Goddess and Deepa Prashathaman, founders of End Formation. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. I think the challenge of women leaving the workforce creates, in my mind, also an opportunity for innovation. You know, it's crisis slash opportunity. On today's episode, we're going to meet the entrepreneurs who have joined forces to develop a membership-based platform to support women of color in the workplace. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. I hope everybody had a relaxing and peaceful Thanksgiving. As we approach the end of the year, I'm dedicating this episode to all the women, especially the women of color who have been disproportionately impacted by the pandemic, by the recession, or who have just felt sidelined, unrecognized, unappreciated in the workplace. My guests today are Ra Goddess and Deepa Prashathaman, founders of N Formation. It's a first of its kind community created by women of color for women of color. It is a vetted membership-based tech platform for high-performing women of color that seeks to reimagine traditional power structures to not just help more women of color take their seat at the table, but to change the way the table is formed. Ra and Deepa first came together five years ago. Deepa was actually on the podcast a while back. She was a first senior partner at Deloitte. Ra left corporate America and the chemical industry as an only two decades ago to focus on helping leaders find their passion, purpose, and calling. Deepa has spent years focusing on women's leadership and inclusion strategies to help women of color navigate corporate structures. And Ra has helped hundreds of high impact leaders realize they can work in ways that honor their values and uplift new definitions of power, profitability, and success. Together, we discuss how you can bring your whole self to work, how companies are transforming their work environments to support women, and Deepa and Ra's individual journeys navigating corporate America and their own careers. Here's Ra Goddess and Deepa Prashathaman. Ra Goddess and Deepa Prashathaman, welcome to So Money. How are the two of you doing? And first of all, where where are each of you? Ra, go, go first. So I am in California, sunny Los Angeles today. <laughs> today. <laughs> and Deepa, are you also on the West Coast? I am. I actually am in Los Angeles as well. So I'm not too far away from Ra. Ah, so I want to dive deep into your new partnership, this uh, company that you've both developed, a women's leadership company. It's called Enformation. But uh, I guess it's it's not unlikely that two phenomenal senior level women of color in Los Angeles would cross paths in 20 in the 21st century but tell us your backstory the two of you and how you how you got to know each other and ultimately decided to to start this company Deepa go first Sure. So I was introduced to Ra through a, a mutual friend. Her name is Claudia Chan, and she is the CEO of She Summit. I was in an inclusion role at Deloitte and looking for some advice, and we had brought in Claudia. And in our first working session, she brought Ra, 
And within five minutes, you know, Ron and I looked at each other and we knew we had to work together. And Ra actually signed on as my coach at that time. So I was, I've been working with Ra as my coach for the last five years. Ah, okay. So Ra, you got some intel on what Deepa cared about and her mission and you were secretly strategizing while also helping her out. You're like, maybe you should go in this direction because... It meant the two of you might be able to work together. Exactly. I, I, I believed I was being thoroughly enrolled as I was thoroughly <laughs> enrolling her. <laughs> For sure. Um, and, you know, it was, it was really a kind of love at first sight connection because um, I was just so struck by her sincerity and, and real dedication. And, um, Pranush, you know, sometimes we get big roles mm-hmm. in organizations um, and we don't always feel as inspired as we think we're, we're, we're going to feel when we get the role, right. Or when we want the role. Um, but she had a big vision and, and, um, and it was so clear how dedicated and, and determined she was. And, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for somebody who's got a vision. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well then tell us about N formation, the letter N formation, just for everybody listening. The website is N two formation, the number two. So letter N number two formation.com. You can learn about this synergistic mission that the two of you have developed really helping specifically senior women of color in corporate America build more community network opportunities. But but you can explain it better than I can. Tell us really what is the mission. And Deepa, you, you can take this one. Sure. So, so our mission, and, and I actually want to widen it a little bit, Farnoosh, we are really targeting professional women. And we've had a lot of back and forth around, you know, senior, not senior, corporate, not corporate. And what we're really looking for is women um, of influence, right, in in the workplace. And so um, some of the women that have come to us are in the corporate space. Some of them are in the nonprofit space. Some are actually in the government space. And so what we're really looking for um, in the community we're developing is for, you know, I would say tenured women of color to come together and to have conversations. And the space is really about safe space, brave space and new space. Um, And specifically what we mean by that is we are looking for women who um, are are looking for other women of color to have conversations about what happens to us in the workplace and how is it different to walk as a woman of color at work. And that's really the safe space. The brave space is really about talking about, you know, and a little bit of the new space about what comes next. So a lot of women of color are being called in their workplaces to represent or talk about inclusion, to really change the conversation on what's happening in inclusion post-George Floyd's uh, murder and everything that's happened this summer with the, with the racial pandemic. Yet we don't often find spaces where we can have conversations about what comes next. Like a lot of us are very isolated. A lot of us are very alone. And this work is hard. Um, and this work is new for, for, you know, what comes next. And so the space is really about um, leading conversation and how we can make change. Because Ra and I both believe a lot of the change falls on women of color because we are the ones that maybe have the vision for what truly is possible in in the new world going forward. And what do you think about, given the fact that right now we're seeing so many women leave the workforce, more women than men. And if you look across the cultures and races, you're seeing, for example, within the Black community, more people affected by COVID. It's like a widening of the wealth gap, a widening of the resource gap, a widening of so many gaps. You launched this in 2020. Do you think that this was 
a very important year to do this? Could you have done this in 2021 with as much momentum? You know, this is right. It's interesting because, you know, we'd been working on the idea um, and thinking about the idea and talking about the idea in lots of different configurations as we both were comparing our notes and the conversations we'd been having with women of color leaders. And, um, and, and even if we sort of look pre-COVID, there was a ripening, I think, of the moment of women of color leadership. In other words, if you looked across any of the kinds of industries where women were rising, whether they were rising entrepreneurially or whether they were rising inside of existing structures, there was uh, this moment where it felt like our leadership was starting to be seen in a new way. I think the challenges of COVID have only driven home the necessity for our leadership even more. Um, I think there's something very unique that women of color bring, particularly in the context of the ways in which we contribute to culture. So whether we get the formal roles or the formal titles of inclusion or not, we're working on culture often, right? <laughs> Anytime we're in an organization, we're educating, we're thinking not just about the what, but we're thinking about the how. We're thinking about the people involved. And there's a sort of natural inclination to lead in those kinds of ways. And so... Um, I think the challenge of women leaving the workforce creates, in my mind, also an opportunity for innovation. And I'm wondering, right, and as I'm sure many of us are wondering, to what degree corporations are even thinking about that or considering the potential ramifications of such incredible talent leaving its workforces. Um, but we believe that in the context of the space we're creating, that women are always going to be thinking about how to reimagine work, how to do work differently, how to do work in ways where they can bring their whole selves, how to do uh, make their contribution in ways that feel more honoring and more uplifting and more forwarding. And so um, I think, you know, it's crisis slash opportunity if we can create spaces where women can come together and really share what's on their hearts and minds and also what they're seeing for the future in terms of what's next. Yeah, I think you raise a really important question, Ra, which is are companies noticing to the extent where they're going to make the changes necessary to create the the environments, the inviting environments and the shifts needed to bring women back to the workforce, their whole selves to the workforce as you preach. So Deepa, you spent a lot of time working on diversity, inclusion, equity, at Deloitte, which is heralded as one of the leading companies to sort of recognize the need for putting a spotlight on people of color and hiring more women and creating programs and initiatives for their women workforce. And is it Deloitte an anomaly here? Or do you think that companies are sort of waking up to this increasingly, whether through pressure or just looking at their bottom lines and saying, oh my gosh, actually, when we have more women on staff uh, and more women of color on staff, everybody benefits, the bottom line benefits. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a good question. I, I, Ron, I've talked to a lot of leaders over the summer and even obviously prior to the summer, but especially this summer with COVID. And I would say, I think there is a, uh, not only a ripening, but a moment right now where 
I, in a very different way, the conversation of inclusion is happening everywhere, right? I think prior to the summer, there was a belief amongst many people of color, women of color, especially black women and black men, that, you know, to walk in the world and to walk at work was very different for us, right? It, it was a different experience than walking white at work. Um, but I think that that was maybe hard for a lot of people to understand and digest as a whole. And I think what we're finding this summer is that more people are open to that conversation that might not have been open to that conversation prior to June. And that as a result of that, um, I think people are are open to uh, inclusion in maybe a slightly different way. But I think to Ra's point, the work itself still needs to be defined, right? The what is possible needs to be defined. And Ra and I often talk about it in, in the words of space and room or room and space that women of color, you know, people of color have a unique perspective on what it means to maybe be disenfranchised or what it means to be marginalized or what it means to maybe hold our voice sometimes. And what's happening right now is that we may have um, in this moment more of the answers of what's possible and what comes next because we've been spending more time sitting in that, right? In, in kind of holding our voice. And so is it possible that companies can actually um, find a way to give us, to allow women to really, sh women of color to show up in a, in a different way than we've ever shown up before, that we have the room and space to lead in a way that is unique to us. And I think that's more of where I have some questions. And I think that's the hard work that, of what comes next. I think the moment is there and that companies are more um, willing and eager and know the necessity of doing the inclusion work now in a very different way than we've ever seen before. The, the urgency is there, but the actual, how the work is different, I think is still being talked about, which is why we think our space is so important for women of color. What are the changes that you think are the low hanging fruit changes where, you know, I, it's been a while since I've worked in corporate, uh, but but having interviewed so many people that work in, in executive levels or obviously my husband and people in my family, they, they still work in corporate. They're not entrepreneurs, but low hanging fruit, like you got to have accessibility, flexibility, mentorship, you know, a manager that trusts you, right? That doesn't undercut you. There's so many basic things that are that are needed, but you're more in the trenches and you're more... Uh, closer to the work that needs to be done. What do you see as as the initiatives that companies largely need to adopt to be able to create this world that you envision, this space and this place that you envision? I think it's this is raw. I think it's it's beginning to even understand what the work is and being able to really identify and give voice to what the work is. I think often when we think about these kinds of initiatives, they're very mechanical and very logistical. And we aren't talking about the personal growth and development, which is an integral part of leadership and an integral part of building the capacity to be able to work together across various kinds of differences, right? In terms of whether it's perspective, whether it's, you know, orientation, or whether it's, you know, within the context of roles as they're prescribed within uh, any kind of corporate organizational structure. And so I think it begins with this opportunity to even see each other differently and see each other fully. Um, and, and that begins with the personal growth. You know, uh, I think, um, you know, we were in a conversation the other day and, and one person was saying, well, you know, I'm a white person, you know, like how do I, you know, show up as an ally, which is a lot of, as you can imagine, the conversation that's sort of coming now, right. In terms of, 
uh, leaders, white leaders in corporate America, okay, I get that there's a problem, but how do I become part of the solution? And I think it begins with really fostering genuine relationship and authentic connections and being able to create spaces where people can really show up in their full voice and show up in their full contribution and that there's a conscious, uh, dedicated, vigilant effort to doing that. And it's low hanging fruit in the sense of it doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of resource. It doesn't take a lot of structure to do that. But it's, you know, what do they say? Simple, but not necessarily easy because uh, we're asking really for them to start to walk with a different kind of consciousness, a different kind of awareness um, about the fact that there are different perspectives. There are different ways of approaching leading and there are different ways of showing up at the table. There are different ways to set the table. And I think, um, the building the capacity to be able to see differently, to be able to hear differently, and even be able to listen differently is part of the work. Your company and formation was featured on CNBC.com just recently. Congratulations. And, you know, the timing again is, is ripe where we find just a, a recent report this year from um, Lean In and McKinsey saying that women of color make up 18% of entry-level positions, just 3% of the C-suite, both of you having experienced as uh, either a first or an only in your respective fields. For you, this is very personal. Tell us about a story maybe uh, that kind of captures your own personal experience with rising through the ranks as a woman of color and one lesson that you took away from all of that or one thing you wish you had known, you know, when you first started out? Yeah, this is Deepa. I can share. I think that the biggest lesson, and I wouldn't just say it's my own lesson, but it's my it's my biggest lesson from talking to so many um, seasoned women of color is that most of us are so busy doing our day job that we don't necessarily have um, friends at work or no other women of color in roles like our like our own. And so I think the thing that has been most surprising to me is how um, isolated, you know, I felt maybe in some ways as a woman of color at work, not being able to have those women of color conversations, but I thought it was just me. And what I'm realizing it is, it is a widespread phenomenon. So Ron, I use the term, the first, the fuse and the onlys, and we're describing the first women of color, maybe in their family to go to college or to have a professional job. One of the few, like in a department or a company, um, or the only, if you're, you know, one of the only women of color in a senior role in a company or an organization. And those titles are really interesting because you do feel a lot of the time like you're breaking glass or you're breaking a barrier. Yet, because we're so heads down and we've been told to work so hard and to do well at our jobs and so no one can question us, we often don't have the relationships or the time and space to go find other women of color are going through the same thing. So I think for me and for many other women of color, um, whether it's corporate or in organization, organizations, you'd just be surprised how the stories are similar and how um, if we could just find each other and, and, and have that space to share, to commiserate and to really support each other, I think it would be very game changing, which is why we focused on, on what we're doing. Ra, you are the go-to spiritual advisor to some leading entrepreneurs out there, New York Times bestselling authors, a soul coach, uh, you've been called. When you were starting in your career, did you feel as isolated as Deepa described? Oh, absolutely. Um, and for me in my corporate days, and, and we're, we're, I'm dating myself here for a new, right? But <laughs> in my corporate days, um, you know, I was one of two black women 
in my industry. At, at the time, I was working in the chemical industry and in specialty chemicals, and I was one of two in the whole industry. And um, and and then to sort of have also being young and a woman and black, right? And so all of those those things that you navigate, and and one of the things that um, that shows up is not only the isolation, but the but the additional pressure. Because when you're a first or a few or only, you're not just in there by yourself. You've got legacies riding on your shoulder. You've got, you know, family expectations on your shoulder. You've got, and you know, we all understand that, that with success often comes pressure. But I think there's another level of pressure and scrutiny that these women feel. It's sort of the higher they go, the thinner the air is. And I think this opportunity to be able to find community and to be able to talk with women who understand those unique experiences becomes crucial. And, and to have that sounding board when experiences occur, like, you know, to deepest point, am I, did I imagine this or is this a really a dynamic, right? I think is a lot of, um, has been very both empowering and healing for these women because sometimes they just think, oh, it must be in my head, you know? But, you know, I think our opportunity is to invite women to engage with the opportunity in a way that feels much more empowering and enlivening, that they actually see this as an opportunity to make a contribution as opposed to um, a place where they have to be perfect, Mm -hmm. right? And infallible. Isn't that right? I mean, do you agree that maybe it's just my experience as a witness, but also experiencing the workplace that women, we have women of all colors. We, we just don't ha- get as many chances <laughs> to mess up. Right. And, and I don't know what that is all about. I think that's so true. Um, I, in addition to information, I'm doing research for a book on women of color. And that is um, the, the predominant, you know, comment that I, that I get when I ask women, like, so what is the, your biggest challenge or what was the one message you were, you were told over and over again growing up? And it was as a woman of color, whatever your race is, but as a woman of color, like you aren't going to get many chances. So don't mess up. You have to, you know, you have to be better. Some women were told twice as better. Some women five times as better. Some women 10 yeah. times as better. Right. And that's a common and, message. Yeah. And, and do you know what that creates? I think is this, person who's not going to speak up, right? They're not going to, uh, quote unquote, rebel or be a disruptor. I I was just speaking to um, a man, a, a black man, Bill Perkins, who is now, you know, made his wealth in finance. He's an author. But starting out, he said, you know, I worked on Wall Street and I witnessed so much racism, so much sexism. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to lose my job. And I have to sort of sympathize with that a little bit, right? That that happens still. People are afraid to speak up uh, when they see something bad happening because they're afraid of losing their position. And as a person of color or um, someone who is maybe LGBTQ, like you just don't have that luxury of being vocal and being you and not facing consequences yeah. sometimes. I think the challenge with that though, you know, and this is why I think the challenge with that for is we don't get your full contribution when you're living in fear, you're operating in fear. And I talk with my leaders a lot about this, you know, so serving and working with um, a really high level leader, CEO, who uh, she in partnership with her husband, you know, have grown a company to a multi-billion dollar company is hiding from invitations to the White House 
because she's afraid that if she does, shows up and she's not perfect, it's an issue. Do you know what I mean? So we don't yes. get the wealth of who that woman was. And I talk about this in my book, right? We don't get the wealth of who that woman was because she's so concerned about the scrutiny. And so we have to, all of us, right? You know, again, this is a woman of color conversation, but we know that this is really a human conversation. All of us have to really ask, like, are we willing to sacrifice the quality of the contributions that people have to make? because they're so concerned about the nature of the environment. Hmm. Well, we have about a few minutes left and I would really love for one of you or both of you to walk us through Formation, this app-based platform for professional women of color. Tell us a little bit about the experience. What can members expect? What does it cost? Are, I, you are open enrolling right now, I think, uh, or you're having it sort of a... A, wait list. Uh, list? Yes. <laughs> wait list. Great. So tell us a little bit about it and, and how we can learn more. Rob, why don't you go first and I'll jump in after. Okay, sure. So the way that the app works is that women have the opportunity to sign up for membership. And in this curated community, there's content, there's forums for engagement, there's uh, conversations that we curate both live as well as through the forum. There is a content vault of library in terms of research and interesting articles, because one of the things that we heard from women is, you know, their ability to access information that's relevant to them is also really important. Um, and so the uh, app itself is going to be a full multifaceted content experience and as well as a conversation and dialogue forum. And so Women will have the opportunity to participate in existing forums. They'll have the opportunity to nominate and start new forums as we grow and evolve. Um, and then there will be everything from live engagement to research and articles, as well as uh, other video kinds of content that will be pre-recorded and training, training and development. Because a lot of what we've also heard from the women is that, you know, whether um, they are going to stay with their company, whether they want to launch their own company, like regardless of where they may be in the conversation of their work life, they're always thinking about advancement and in what ways can they grow and become better at what they do and at who they are. And then I would also add, this is Deepa, there's um, an idea that we have created in the app and we'll, we'll you know, grow it over time, but it's this idea of women of color resources. So are there, for example, um, you know, uh, clothing or makeup or hair or even just support resources, right? There's a lot of mental trauma happening right now as we work through a lot of the inclusion topics. And so are there therapists that are vetted that, you know, we recommend? And so there'll be a, a place for women of color vetted resources. And so that's something we're, we're early stage, but talking about what would be really helpful to professional women right now. And then the other thing that some of this will happen in the app and some of it will happen outside of the app is placement. So one of the other conversations we had over the summer as more and more women raised their hands and more and more women of color um, are getting asked to take on more responsibilities at companies in particular is we were asked to look at placement. So we are um, deep in conversations with the recruiters and companies about making sure that women of color not only get placed in companies that are women of color friendly, but they actually succeed because you mentioned it at the beginning, Farnoosh, a lot of women of color are leaving their, their roles. Mm -hmm. 
And we're seeing women of color move sometimes from one role to another because the place that they've shown up isn't really seeing them, right? Isn't really supporting them. So our thought around placement and really doing placement differently is helping, this is where it is, senior, senior women of color get placed in the C-suite and on boards that are women of color friendly, and then wrapping them with a two-year success plan, which means not only do we place them, but we work with the companies to make sure they have an outside coach, to make sure they have a sponsor, to make sure the sponsor has coaching on how to actually help the woman of color be successful, and also you know check in with them on a periodic basis. So it's this idea that um, in addition to the safe space and the brave space and the new space, we need to help think about how women show up and succeed in their company really differently and that the placement process, the pipeline process also needs to be reimagined. And that's what we're trying to do for women of color. I can say this will be a tax deductible investment in your in your career uh, where, you know, there's the premium membership, which you just described, general membership. I read costs uh, $127 per month, or you get two months free if you sign up for the annual membership. I think this is, you know, such an investment uh, for women who are ambitious and want to climb and want to rise on their own terms in an environment that supports them. And if you can get that job, well, my goodness, it's it, this is such a great gift that you're providing. Thank you so much for, first of all, being who you are, coming together, joining forces, recognizing the synergy, and through that, helping so many women at a time of need. Thank you, Deepa and Ra. Be well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Farnoosh. You can learn more about Raw and Deepa's program at n2formation.com. That's a letter N, the number two, formation.com. Coming up on Wednesday, we have Wendy Sachs, documentary film producer and director. She takes us behind the scenes of her film, Surge, which documents the record number of first-time female candidates who ran, won, and upended politics in the historic 2018 midterm election. It's premiering on Showtime. Stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope your day is so money. Money.